Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Join today with Nick. Nick can be found on Instagram at HyperCleanNick. Best way to get in touch with him direct, though, shoot him an email, nick at vegasrides.com. Nick, um, well, we're recording this one a little bit early today, so should I? Should I have a beer, right? I mean, I, I can have a beer. But should I have a beer? Uh, I'm going to drink a bubbly sparkling water since uh, I'm going to be the responsible guy. You know, can I have a beer? I can. The beer fridge is right over there. But should I? Um, hey, news news out of Tulsa. I know I sent you this message earlier this weekend, but news out of Tulsa. I finally found some Topo Chico. I know you weren't sure if it had been out. Like I went to multiple grocery stores. <laughs> I couldn't find it. And at Sam's, there was like three left. And I was like, oh, my word. So last night, it was sort of the same question. It's the end of the night. Had a great weekend. But I'm like, I could drink another beer. <laughs> Sounds really good after the ones I've been drinking. Should I? know? And I, I cracked open a nice Topo Chico, enjoyed the movie. It was it was a good time. So, uh, how was the weekend for you? Did you eat? Same, same old, pretty relaxed. You know, uh, we're starting to wind down the 115, 110 degree days. So, you know, it's a lot more, a nice. uh, lot more manageable, you know, nothing like what hit the Midwest and the Northeast. Those, those people seem to be in a little bit of a mess here with the, the torrential downpour and all that kind of stuff, but it's actually perfect here right now. So, uh, just kind of chilled out, man. I mean, you know, I'm probably like most people. I'm just taking the weekends to get ready for the next week of, of work and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so enjoy the nice pool life. Had a good time this weekend. Relax. Yeah, yeah just chilled, man. I mean, we literally, nice. literally didn't do much. So one of the things I'm learning uh, on my weekends is, right, is let's go with this question that we've already kind of started. Just because I can doesn't mean I actually should. And oh, yeah. Here's here's kind of the premise, right? Like when you moved in with your girl, right? There's things you started to do and things that start like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like yeah. just because I can eat that second plate of pasta with hamburger sauce all over, like doesn't mean I should. Just because she fixes that chocolate cake doesn't mean I should have two pieces. Like oh, yeah. so we're we're having this health talk and I want to bring this up first because I just thought it was funny as I started thinking through the episodes like oh shit I got so much of that going on right now just because I can doesn't mean I should when we think of health like what do you think of when it comes to just because I can doesn't mean I should oh there's no doubt it's food for me like yeah. it's i mean you know I remember, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you, you, you know, sometimes you eat, don't have the whatever option. you want. <laughs> and sometimes you don't have the option, right? Because you don't have the money. So you're sort of limited by a lot of things, right? Like, even if you do eat it, it doesn't affect you. 
But in a lot of cases, sometimes you don't even have the money to, to eat the nicest stuff or whatever. And so the, the, the crazy thing is, is by the time you can afford all the nicest stuff to eat, you really shouldn't be eating it. And I think that would be, I mean, I, I had myself a, a, a few little Debbies this weekend and I mean, they, they go quick and in my house for me, they go really quick and, uh, you know, you shouldn't, and, you know, again, having one is not an option for me. Once the box is there, it's like, I got to eat till the box is empty. And it's just, which it's little just Debbie, what's your, what's, which uh, one? I like those, little brownies? Uh, no, no, I no, hate, no, I hate, I don't that? like, I don't like brownies. Uh, like brownies? I like, I like the chocolate cake ones, like the ones that have the white icing. They're just squares, uh, you know, where it has white icing and then chocolate, you know, with the little little cream in the middle. That's those are great, dude. And then the the chocolate like wafer things with the peanut butter. Oh yeah, the, like, like the nutter butters or whatever. They're like yeah, yeah. Those are so chocolate and peanut butter has always been a thing for me. And so mine right now with that sweetness is so. She's got these random little weird things. And of course, if it's always random weird, I got to try it and see what it's like. So there's this little peanut butter thing. I don't know what it is. It comes in as a wrapper. But then there was, I kept just eating those and I saw these Oreos. And I was like, mm. yeah, got to right? have a hundred of those. Yeah. Like just because I can. Okay. Yeah. Should I go back that second time for the handful? Dude. I don't know. I'm glad you mentioned that about, you know, kind of growing up through. And that's sort of what I thought of too. Like as a mobile detailer, I mean, I was in and out of Sonic all the time. Anyway, cleaning the Sonics, but then I would just Sonic super easy to run through breakfast burritos. Jeez, you kill breakfast burritos at Sonic are the best. Like just wake up, throw the dog in the truck and just hit Sonic on the way out. If I'm going to run through McDonald's, you can get a breakfast uh, sandwich for a buck. Like you're absolutely right. Like just because you can buy cheap things, but doesn't mean you should. And so later in life, as I, Got my cholesterol check, got some stuff started ahead. Like, I was like, oh shit, just because I can buy this cheap thing. And I kind of went the other way, right? Like, I can just keep buying the cheap stuff, right? Sure. It's easy. It's fast. Like, I can do it. I'm already said, like, I know what I like and I can just run through it. Like, what doesn't mean I should? Like, should I pay the extra for a good quality? Uh, you know, I don't even know what you'd want to say. Uh, well, here, let me go it this way. Should I, right? I could go through and just eat this uh, sausage and go through, boom, 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 just get whatever I want. Or I could schedule a little bit of time before, maybe eat something the right way at home and make sure I do it more in line with the way my body should be going. Yeah. And I, I think that's for all of us, right? I mean, wake up 15 minutes earlier and you pretty much solve the problem, right? Because you can put some eggs in a pan, you can, you know, make some oatmeal, whatever it is that, that, that you, that makes you feel your best. And a lot of times we just don't, <laughs> it's just, that was, that's the reality. And, and, you know, that's, that's the one thing as you get older that you could say is it becomes a bigger and bigger issue. Right. And, and that just because you can, doesn't mean you should mentality trickles into a lot of parts of your life as, as you work through your business and other things like that. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do today. It'll be a little fun episode of just because I can doesn't mean I should in the car care industry. So let's start off with just because I can buy, and we just talked about buying cheap stuff, just because I can buy cheap stuff and run down to O'Reilly's or go to the parts store. And, oh, and you know, there's always, you see posts, which is always interesting. Just because I can buy purple power, right? 
doesn't mean I should. Just because right. I can, like you said, go down to O'Reilly's and buy some cheap stuff, doesn't mean I should. Is that really? And this is the way I always like to answer when people sit like, was it formulated for concrete? Was it formulated for another industry? Or was it formulated to remove grease and stuff off of tires? And is it safe to use on engine? You know, like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Thoughts on if somebody should run down and buy cheap stuff. Well, we're having this with our Eco One product, right? Like I've I've stressed to people, stop trying to save two ounces of product. Stop buying into this this company releases this waterless and rinseless, and the the rinseless is one to two fifty six, and then if you just dunk a bottle in the in the bucket, it's waterless. It's like no, that's not how it works. It's because the water content makes it either rinseless or waterless. And so everybody's trying to save a nickel. And it's like, if you're priced right, do you have to worry about saving a nickel? Do you? Because chemicals aren't that expensive, right? So the big one now is, I think even bigger than O'Reilly's and Walmart and these types of things, I'm glad you bring up Purple Power, is I see this big trend towards, I found this deal on Amazon. I found this tool on Amazon. I found this... And it's like, dude, there is no such thing as a deal. Let me make that clear. There is no such thing as a deal. Great stuff costs what it costs because it costs to produce, to put it in a bottle, to, you know, whatever it is, to, to put, you know, the components inside the tool. Things cost what they cost. And no company, and I think you would probably agree with this, Marty, I don't think any company goes out there and says, how can I make a zillion dollars off of a $20 or $30 or $50 product. I don't think anybody thinks that way. And I think consumers feel like every company's trying to get over on them. And so that's where the deal thought process comes in. How do I find the cheapest chemical? And like you said, is it formulated to provide your company with the best solution to help service your customer? And I, I think that's, that's the crux of that. Just because I can buy cheaper, should I buy cheaper? Yeah. And, and I always, as a, as a young guy, when I was, you know, looking at where do I buy things, right. I, I knew I could just run down and grab whatever I wanted, but was it really going to do everything I was looking for in a product and, or was I going to have to add in something else? Right. I, I looked at those things, but then I also looked at, does that mean I'm going to have to run back down and grab that next week? And then the week after, you know, if I got something a little bit bigger and spent my money, you know, towards bringing in some inventory, then that should benefit my, what I'm trying to do next week, right? Not just this week, but I'm trying to benefit next week and set up my supply in a sense so that I have enough to continue through. Um, and I find this interesting, right? Should I wait till the last moment to go get something? <laughs> right? I can, right? I can just message and go try and get something at the last moment. Or should I begin to plan out like that? Um, detailers are known for waiting to the last minute, right? But what's interesting is I listened to a, another episode that had a multi-level brand uh, distributor on, and they told people to wait. To the last, their business advice, right? They say, listen to us for business. And their business advice was, hey, you don't need to carry stuff. Just, we'll get it to you in two days. Just depend on us 
just order it when you need it at the last moment. And in two days, we'll have it for you. That's all the window you need. That was their business advice. Whereas the practicality in real life, it doesn't quite work like that. So just because you can wait till the last moment, Nick, should you wait till the last moment? Yeah, we we actually, uh, we see this a lot, you know, and it's something that's been, it's really opened my eyes. You know, I know you knew about it. I'm now involved in the company. I see a lot of people wasting a lot of money having to rush product to them to them or pay an exorbitant amount for shipping because now they need it guaranteed at X number of days. And, you know, is four bottle four bottles of coating from a brand is that expensive to your business? You're using the wrong coating brand. I don't care if it's us. It, it, either you're not charging enough for your coating jobs or you're simply buying a coating that is far too expensive for what you're trying to do. And I don't understand it because I never want to lose a job. And, and trust me, if you do that just in time, just get it in time, you know, trust us, you're going to lose business because some customers are just going to say, this person's not on top of their stuff. And why wouldn't you have coding when you just sold me a coding job? I mean, that's what customers like, even, things you buy, Marty, if somebody comes out, knows exactly what's wrong with your AC unit, and they don't come with the part, what are you going to look at them like? You're going to say, you're an idiot. You, you knew that you were selling this job and that these compressors break all over the city all summer long. Why wouldn't you have an extra compressor, right? Or why would you come to my house without the compressor if you knew that was the issue? And this this becomes where detailers sometimes don't see it through the lens of the customer. I think that's something we kind of harp on here is I think there's a lot of detailers who just don't think about how the customer views them and how you're viewed is what somebody's willing to pay and vice versa. And all these things are connected and nobody ever puts it together in this industry. And for a, for a distributor of product to tell you simultaneously, by, by the way, this is what all of these companies are telling you. Bring product in to sell to your customer, but then don't carry the product. I want you to think about that, guys. This person's hopping on a podcast or these people are hopping on a podcast and their message is so skewed because they don't deal in the real world. There's nobody like myself who's put a bunch of coatings on cars that would tell you not to have coating. We are never out of coating in my company. Never. Okay, so I have a couple hundred bucks in coating sitting there. Woo, wow. I mean, I'm not going to be able to make payroll next week. If that's the case, then you, you you got a lot of problems in your business. I don't see what having a couple hundred bucks in coding to, as a backup, why that would be negative or why somebody wouldn't do that. But at the same time, that same brand is asking you to distribute that product to your customers. So how do you distribute product if you don't have product? Boy, oh boy, that's, that's kind of a weird business philosophy, if you ask me. Oh, very weird. I think that's why I kind of scratched my head when I heard it. It was like, wait. Are you saying that because your coding's so expensive that you know it's going to really hurt people, like you said, to have four bottles on hand? Is stuff too overpriced for them that they maybe they're realizing that's oh, don't keep it, don't actually run business the way you should. <laughs> Depend on us. Oh, by the way, don't actually learn how to do things on your own. Come to us for training. Don't well, actually. By the way, but Marty, let's explain to people as a business, hyper clean 
it doesn't matter the coding business, the chemical business we're talking about here. Once the product leaves our company, we don't control it. FedEx controls it. UPS controls it. Uh, USPS controls it. We don't run those companies. So when you're relying on us, we may be able to ship it right now. You call me today, right this second, and five minutes later, we have it at the UPS store. We have no control over whether UPS actually gets it to you or not. So why would I tr tell you to, to only take two days? We'll get it to you in two days. Hey, we get a lot of stuff to people in a day or two days. But let me explain. I wouldn't be reliant on UPS or USPS or FedEx at this moment in time. Staffing issues, absolute quality control issues. So that's a brand, folks. That's a, that's a philosophy, I should say, of somebody that's never been in your shoes. And just because you can order at the last minute doesn't mean you should because now you're reliant not on that coding company, not on HyperClean. You're reliant on UPS, FedEx, the drivers, uh, the plane it might hop on, uh, that everything goes smoothly. And boy, oh boy, a lot of times here lately with the staffing issues all over the world, things aren't going so smooth. Yeah. You mentioned something just a minute ago about image. Um, image, uh, and I, this is the next one I think would be interesting. Uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. If if I am hiring somebody to come clean my car, just because I can offer them to use the electric doesn't mean I should. If I am a, a professional that's coming out to clean somebody's car, just because they have electricity doesn't mean that I should use it. Now, this is a post that we don't see that often, but every once in a while, it's a thing in the groups and then everybody interjects their opinions. My opinion to the last post time that I saw this was, hey, listen, I get it. Like, as a young car care you know, specialist, when I was hopping in to become a full-time mobile detailer, like, I didn't have a generator at first, right? And then if I did, once I finally got it, it was a piece of junk. It was just a little thing that was loud and was horrible to work with. And it wasn't a good piece of equipment. It took me time before I could buy that really good Honda generator that wasn't quite as loud that I could know that I'm always going to get good power and that I had enough power to be able to plug in multiple things at once, right? Like be able to plug in a, a vacuum while maybe I'm polishing on the outside while somebody's vacuuming inside, right? You can, go, you can run a compressor, you know, different things, right? So at first, it was always great if I had somebody else's electricity electricity to use right um being able to use somebody else's electricity made it very easy but as i began to grow into some other areas into some more affluential customers and be able to you know i got this customer then i could clean this and and i would started to see right as i'm at these houses i started to see well that the lawn guy doesn't use this customer's lawnmower the window washer doesn't borrow something from the customer, they come in, they handle their business, they take care of the customer, and they leave. And I just kind of started to evolve in the way I understood the relationship. Like, and and when somebody might ask me later, it was like, no, 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 I, I don't need your electricity. You know, just let you know I'm, and I would go and educate that customer then, right? No, I'm fully self-contained. You want to make sure, you know, 
I think that that's a great thing, which I think you'll probably address is as a customer looking to hire, like the image of what it portrays if somebody's asking to use your electric as well in as your company, have you, you know, is that a thing? Do you go in and with an electric cord and <laughs> plug no. into people's stuff? And it wouldn't be a problem if I did, right? My customers know me and they would be perfectly happy to help me. Uh, but they would view you a certain way. And if, you know, we got a lot more people that are DIY or they're looking to hire detailers and they come to the Pints and Polishing podcast, especially with you and I, to, to listen to our theories. If a detailer showed up and asked me for my power, I wouldn't let the person detail my car because I would say, yeah. how yeah. how serious is this person taking their profession? How serious is this person taking their career? You know, if you're looking at detailing as a stepping stone and I'm just going to detail to pay my bills, hey, man, no, no problem. But you're not going to be seen by by really great clients as a good person to hire. You may get away with it for a few months. You may get away with it for two or three years. But you're always going to be that guy that talks about, I never made the right amount of money. Uh, I can't charge. I live in a bad area. I mean, I've had people tell me they live in a bad area when they live in Los Angeles. It's like, dude, it's, that's a crazy statement to make. And then you find out that they're doing certain things. And it's like, no, you can't help the people or get to the level of servicing the people because you're not doing anything. It's like... People want to wrap their trucks or vans, okay? And I hear that all the time. I got to get a wrap on my truck or van. And then I find out they're using somebody's power. And I'm like, the generator is more important than the wrap, okay? The wrap, actually, for a lot of super wealthy people, is looked at as tacky, and they don't like it around their home. They would rather you just actually have a generator and a pressure washer and a water tank and not bother them. And that's the other part of this, that you may run into a lot of really nice clients, but sooner or later, asking for power or running power, and they're tripping over the cord, walking through somewhere, you now are an inconvenience, and they're going to judge why should I have this person here or not. And if you don't think that stuff happens, it happens every day, because we get phone calls every day from very wealthy people that say, I had this detailer, he did, or she did X, Y, and Z. And to me, again, you can do those things. You can hook your pressure washer up to somebody's, you know, hose bib and all that kind of stuff. You can do that, but you shouldn't do it. And for those in this industry who are so-called professionals that have been doing this for five, 10 years, telling guys that that's okay, and then bitching about how people see our industry, that, that kind of feeds into it, folks. Everybody that's doing that is is making a judgment. They're going to make a judgment on the detailing industry as a whole based on that one detailer doing that one unprofessional thing. It's just the reality of it. But you and I talked about mechanics. Mechanics are just not trusted, but it's from one bad experience for most people. So all of, all of the mechanics in the world are judged poorly because there's bad mechanics running around, unprofessional mechanics running around. And so the detailing industry has to think of it that way. Hey, man, I get it. You're starting out. But, you know, maybe work at that part-time job a little longer and save up to buy that generator and water tank like we've advocated on this show. Save up the money to do it as right as you can do it. Not perfect. Notice I didn't use that word. 
but save up to do it the right way. And like you said, buy a cheap generator. We've all been there. Nobody's nobody started out with the top of the top of everything. And I think that's the kind of message I would say is piece it together, man, because it's going to matter at the end. All right. So piece it together. Let's go with that. Just because I can start out at grabbing some product and getting a, um, a vacuum and I'm all in and let's say 500 bucks, right? Should I start a business, right? This is where the interesting thing would go back and forth between you and I, I think. So I'll let you go first. Should you get in and start a business 500 bucks down? It's the easy, one of the easiest businesses to get into. Boom, 500 bucks. I got chemicals, vacuum. No, I wouldn't. And I wouldn't because I watch people suffer because of it. And there's one thing nobody thinks about. I hear all this entrepreneur talk. That's great. But people don't realize that right now, working for somebody's never been more lucrative. And this is what happens in boom and bust time. Okay. During recessions, the greatest thing to do is to start a business because there's most value in starting a business in a recession. As you're in a boom time, like we've been now for 10, 12 years, the best thing to do is work for somebody. That's, that's what's more lucrative in those moments historically. But the other part of it is, you're not guaranteed to make any money as an entrepreneur. And there's all this idea around it saying, well, I'm working for myself and I'm making my money and this and that. Well, what if you don't make money? All those years, you don't really make much money. You could have been working for somebody and making a lot of money to say there's no risk at any age. That's, that's incredibly naive because you've just given up all that money. So there's a time cost to money. And if I would have worked three years really hard for somebody, and let's say I would have made $40,000 a year take home, I would have made $120,000. What if I'd have made only $20,000 a year and I had $10,000 in expenses? So I made actually ten grand a year and I made thirty dollars over that three years. That was a $90,000 mistake. Just because I stayed in business doesn't make it a success. I got to look at what I would have made on the open market with my skill set, the things I'm good at. And, and right now, why would I shoestring any, anything together if everybody in the world's hiring and they're hiring at ungodly hourly rates? Makes no sense. But yet people are just lured to, I'm going to start this business and you know, with 500 bucks, just wait, man, and do it right. Do it, do it on a level of, hey, man, I got a nice vehicle. Uh, I got all the tools that I need. I, I have my business license. I'm I'm able to market. I'm able to have my logo designed. I'm, I'm able to do some of these things that put me on the right pedestal to launch my business properly. And, you know, I know a lot of people aren't going to listen to this, but when you launch your business correctly, you are so far ahead of the game. You're not having to battle through the nonsense and wade in the short end, you know, the, the shallow end of the pool. You're able to kind of jump in and get going and, and appear a certain way. And if you have marketing bucks to spend, you could dominate a market in a lot of cities. So I, I, right. I'm always that jump both feet in kind of guy, right. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll either swim or we'll sink. Right. But we usually don't sink. We usually just keep swimming over and figure out another place to swim. <laughs> right. I, that's sort of my mentality, right. Which you've probably witnessed over the past year plus, right? Like there's a lot of the way I, I do that in life and in business. 
Um, at 500 bucks, I am also going to say no. Right? Interesting. So I looked at it that I've only got 500 bucks. Should I hop in? And I go, no, not at 500 bucks. You're only going to have the bare minimum. And we just said you shouldn't even use their electricity. At 500 bucks, you can't buy a vacuum and a generator and chemicals. So I'm going, no, don't hop in at 500 bucks. If that's all you've got, yes, get some chemical, get some stuff, and then start cleaning your neighbor's cars, start cleaning your friend's cars, start cleaning your mom's cars. I don't care who it is, clean anybody's cars that you can. And don't just take that money and go blow it on something, right? Take that, and everybody says reinvest, but we don't really know what that means, reinvesting, right? Put some of it in one account. Maybe keep some envelopes at home where you got your cash in one that you write on, you know, generator. And you're always going to put some of your cash back into that envelope so that then you can buy a generator. Maybe the next thing you need is a trailer. Write on their trailer and start putting money back for the trailer. Whatever it is that you think that you're going to need and you only have 500 bucks, start making that budget out so that you can get to that point, right? If you need to, listen, I, Nick, I know you love hearing when I say Nick's right, right? <laughs> uh, Nick's right. The amount that you can get paid today to go clean cars when you're working, let's just say, and if this is the, this is the interesting, if you can find a dealership that's moving a lot of used cars, right? They're not moving new cars, but if you can find a dealership that's moving used cars, you can hone your skills better, you can get in there and make some good money. If you can't find that and you're trying to do this on your own at 500 bucks, it's going to be extremely difficult. You better go get as many friends that'll let you do it for 50 bucks, whatever you can scan by on. But listen, I get it, Nick. That, that does not look very promising if I'm getting in at only 500 bucks and thinking I'm going to have people that respect me as a professional when I don't really have much to go to go yeah. into the game with. And I, I, I like a lot of what you said there, right? Like, I understand. You know, the weird thing is, is people always think that you didn't have tough times, right? Right. It, it's like, oh, I'm 21. Nick doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, I do. And that's why I'm telling you, you're better off making a lot of money, building an account up, and then making a decision from a place of power. When you're just trying to scrape by and, and start a company, that's not a place of power. And, and don't forget, what is the number, Marty? It's somewhere between 80 and 90% of all small businesses that are started fail. And the number one reason they fail is they're undercapitalized. They don't have enough money. Okay? So don't put yourself in a position to say, I'm going to show everyone. Because you aren't. Statistically, you aren't going to show everyone. Now, that doesn't mean don't ever do it either. What it means is there's a there's a very, very simple balance. Am I, if if let's just say the perfect scenario is five grand, not everybody's gonna get to that, saved up, ready to launch their business. But let's say you can do it reasonably because you already have a vehicle that you can put your equipment in. I can spend three thousand, spend let's call it two thousand on equipment that I need, and another thousand to market my business because I'm just starting out. And I'm going to use 200 bucks a month to market my business for five straight months. 
Am I better off than the $500 guy? 100% I am. Because I'm set up for the long term. And when you do the $500 thing and you keep thinking, I'm just going to parlay that into more and more, what do most people end up doing? Spending the money. And so the 500 becomes the only thing that they've really invested in their business and they don't reinvest, like you said, to do. And they don't stay disciplined. And that's probably the last part of it. If you only have 500 bucks, and I, I said this to a young guy here recently who called me, the reason that people look for a college degree has nothing to do with the degree. Is that were you disciplined enough to finish something for four years? Okay, that's all they cared about. It was never about the goddamn degree. And all the people that bash on degrees just don't understand that it was never about the degree. It was just proving to this employer that you could actually do something and stick with it. So if, if you can't save up enough to launch your business in a semi-professional way, what, what are you going to do when the shit hits the fan and things aren't going so well? What do you think? You never had the discipline to save the twenty-five or 5000 Now shit hits the fan and things aren't going well. You think you're going to be able to stick it out? I, I think it's just less likely. And so anybody that tells me they can't save up the money, I always say, then don't start a business because business is way harder than just saving a few bucks. Well, all right. So here's the last one. And this is the, this is one that you and I have joked around about back and forth. Uh, and it's, to me, it's just more of a life practicality thing, right? Like, but it's interesting the way it goes. I have many times if I'm late at night, I might be on Amazon scrolling through some stuff. I might be on um, Instagram and see something and kind of scroll through somebody's shop, right? Like follow over to a website. Well, should I, late at night, should I be working? Or should I be doing something else, right? Because in that scenario, some people will go onto websites and they're working on their business and they're going to look at buying products and they're going to be interacting and pushing forward, right? It's 1030 at night. Should they be working? And then they're going to interact with a company. Should that company be working on Saturday night at 1030? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, and I think customers that are like that, I'm sure we have a few listening or a few that we know. Here's the funny thing. You want to know why it's harder to get in touch with companies now? Marty, you and I joke about this. We are very responsive. Text message, our store, we're available all the time. Google isn't. Why? Uh, because there's an effectiveness at some point where they said, hey, we can't just have people answering random questions at midnight. It's not, not great for our business, right? And so what they did is they said, send an email to here. And so now everyone bitches about customer service sucks, blah, blah, blah. You know, customer service has gone away. The funny part is it's gone away because of the consumer. The consumer doesn't seem to have respect for business the way they want to be respected by their customer. I don't know too many detailers that want to get a call at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. Do you? I don't. I mean, I take calls and I tell people when I get called, I've told you I just got called at 1 a.m. about a, a delivery. How many detailers would have lost their mind? And I just joked with you and said, got a call at 1 and by 4 a.m. we were removing stickers and I even shared it on Instagram. 
or removing stickers of something I learned about three hours earlier. It's a part of my life. It's a part of our clientele. And so I've come to accept that. You've come to accept things in business as well. But if you want people to treat you with professionalism, shouldn't you treat other people with professionalism? And professionalism isn't always, hey, it's 1030 at night. I happen to be working. Let me blow up somebody's company because I want answers to uh, this air compressor and, and, and what the CFM is of it. Like DeWalt doesn't give you that option now because they were tired of people doing that. And it's kind of hurt all of us. Customer service has gotten worse for all of us, but it's gotten worse because Timmy didn't know not didn't know how to treat people on the internet. Don't you think that's a little bit what's happened here? Well, um, you remember too, we used to, if we called into a company, and this is this is not anything more than just an evaluation. We used to get to speak with somebody that spoke majority of English and you could understand them quite well. As that cost rose, probably because of a lot of the hours and hours of wasted time that people were interacting, they had to cut their expenses and move it to other places that, you know, we can't always understand what they're saying. Right, and it, right. It, it, you know, I, it, I just thought of that when you said it. It's like, God, I remember when that happened. And as a consumer, I always wondered, what changed? Was it they're just cutting expenses? But then as we moved over to this side and we see that interaction, right? And the more we interact with people, it is interesting. You know, just because you can <laughs> doesn't mean you should, right? I I started to evaluate on my own side, right? I just because somebody can get in touch doesn't mean that I should respond. I don't know. You're right. We enjoy the amount of customer service we give. I think there's few, and there's be interesting. We we have already said we have the dominant. There's nobody else, no other company that we know of that has 40 plus years in ownership in their company that is in the car care industry, right? Yeah. But I don't know too many other companies that their owners give out their phone number and interact with people that have questions about their product, right? That is a very rarity, especially if you look out over the, the chemical brands, right? It's extremely difficult to get in touch with ownership. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when we've had, to, we've had to collaborate with other brands, I mean, you know, they can't hop on a Zoom. They can't do things, you know, they, they can't do basic things that we do every single day because they're so far removed from helping customers in a modern way, right? They don't even know the modern ways of communication, they still are talking about, hey, give me a call on my cell, you know, as, as being modern. And they can't hop on all the platforms. They certainly wouldn't know how to operate a Shopify ping or something like that because they just don't do it. And they actually don't even give an option to do it. It's email or some antiquated 800 number that, get an, that gets answered during banker's hours, nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look, as a company, we're having these discussions. I don't want to act as if we're any different. You have to ask yourself these things, but it's like asking somebody for a coupon code. You know, it's the same exact thing. Should Just you because do you can. Yeah, yeah should, should you? you? Because guess what's going to happen is your customer is going to ask you for a deal. And then you're going to get on a forum and say, can you believe my customer did ask me for a deal? All the while you're asking for a deal from every company you do business with, or even go to, I mean, have you ever gone to, uh, a restaurant with somebody and all they care about is what the specials are. They haven't even looked at the menu yet. They just want it 
feel like they're getting a deal on something. What's your special today? Not ever realizing the shit that's on special is going bad in the kitchen. It's like, I'm sure the chef really loves cooking that sea bass, but it's also four days old, and that's why you're getting a deal. And people never think about that. Like, I, I have a buddy that's built just like this. All he wants to do is feel like he's getting a deal. And it's like, dude, that's it's a mental sickness for some people that you feel like you have to get a deal. Like, guess what? Nobody is trying to get over on you. And just because you can send a text at 1030 on a Saturday and maybe get in touch with somebody or go to their website, and maybe get somebody to doesn't mean you should. And what happens is it trickles down to the rest of us that know, hey, man, most businesses operate, you know, let's call it eight to five, eight to six, pretty reasonable hours, Monday through Friday. You know, I'll figure it out Monday. Do I need to do it Sunday night at 11 p.m.? I don't know that I get anywhere doing it that way, except for companies judging me and maybe choosing not to do business with me in the future. And there's plenty of companies I know that fire customers and say, hey, you don't know how to how to treat my staff or you don't know how to act or you and that happens every day. I mean, happens uh, every day. two things I found very funny. I we do. I do talk with multiple other distributors and especially I know people have over the years, you know, seen my posts and asked what's the whole deal with box trucks. I still talk to box truck owners. Um, they're fun people. Um, and that conversation that you kind of just talked about is something that we have had that every single person on that chemical side of the industry thinks it is very comical how you will complain about customers. Like if you're a detailer, we'll complain about customers asking for a deal, but detailers are number one ready to ask any vendor, hey man, can I get a discount on this? Hey, I need a discount on that. Hey, discount, discount, discount. It that's it. That is that's just a thing, and it's there's no doubt. It's something that every distributor or manufacturer or anybody that sells a product um, handles, right? It, it's part of what goes on. It, it, but should they, right? You know, should they? I don't know. There's plenty of distributors and plenty of, uh, 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 you know, people that are running around selling products that are starting to go, boy, everything, my cost is going up. Everything is going up. Should I keep giving somebody a deal? And I, I think there's going to be some deals that are about to get cut. Now, the other thing I thought was funny is, Listen, you have friends that are about food, but listen, I have the friends that we go into bars, right? You go into bars to get a beer, and like, there's this one friend that every time, it didn't matter what was on tap, you're right, never even looked at them and just, hey, well, what beer do you have on special? Well, what's what's a beer deal? Like, every single time, well, what's what's the beer on special? Like, dude. Do you, and it would get it just because it was cheap. I hadn't even tried, like, solely because it was a cheap beer. And it's like, why would you, I want to drink something that I want to drink? Like, sure, if it's a great price, but I said, I'm going to drink that one just because that one's cheap. That means I want to drink it. And, so. and here's what people don't, you know, my buddies that are like that. And like you said, I mean, yeah, I got buddies that do the same thing. You know, is the dollar fifty that big a deal? Because if it is, we shouldn't be here. You have bigger issues than coming to the bar. Right. If you need to save the buck fifty on on the twenty two ounce beer, then guess what, my man, you should be at work, not not sitting here with me. Like, there's a certain point you should pay for what you want, because it is such a little amount of money. That's the other thing. Like, the special is eleven ninety nine at this restaurant. 
the the dish you would really enjoy is $13.99. You're making all of this fuss over $2. And let's say there's some tax on it, $2.50. Like my friends that are like that never put two and two together. And I always tell them, I have guys that come to the strip and stay at, everybody knows that there's hotels you want to go and you don't want to go. And they'll just get a cheap room. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going there. Like, I'll meet you somewhere, but I'm not, I'm not going in there. Like, there's nothing in there. That hotel is like about to be demolished circus, or circus. whatever. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, they got a great steakhouse in that place. I mean, like a world famous one. And it even walking to that is a little, you know, hey, I might not do that. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, you did all of this over $23. You know, over here, you could have stayed at a nice hotel and it was an extra 25 bucks. It's it's a strange thing. But, you know, again, it comes down to sometimes we don't ask that question just because we can. Should I be doing this? And we're all guilty of it. I mean, I'm as guilty as you. I mean, we all have things we could judge in our life and say, hey, you know, I need to stop doing it. I need to stop eating all the little Debbies when they're in the house. I need to, you know, I need to stop doing that kind of stuff. But when it comes to your business, you know, vendors will will give you a deal when you become a great customer. Does that make sense? The actual way to get the best service and to get the best deals is to be the guy that never asked for a deal. And all of a sudden they start coming to you and say, Hey, I got too much of this product. Could you bail me out? And that's the thing people Marty don't think about is that when you're the great customer, you're going to get the great opportunities because they're going to say, you know what, if I go to Nick, or if I go to Marty, I always he's never asked me for anything. I've never asked him for anything, but he always seems to have the money to pay me and never asked for anything. I got an extra 20 gallons of this soap that he may need for his business. I wonder if I cut him a little, and it's funny how it works. You know, the most the people that don't need free stuff in life actually get the most free stuff from businesses. You want to know why? Because they never ask for free stuff. And so those businesses see those people as valuable people. And I think that's the part of asking for a deal long-term that guys don't see is that when you create these great vendor relationships, you actually get all the opportunity in the world to get great product, new product before anyone else. You get to get a deal without ever asking for a deal because you may be able to bail them out of, hey, I just have too many bottles of this. I wonder if Nick will take some off my hands. You know how many times I've been called about coding over the years? Hey, uh, we had a distributor in Las Vegas. We accidentally shipped them 25 bottles of coding. Can you take 12 and we'll give them to you at XYZ off? I never asked for it. But because I never asked for a deal, all of a sudden a moment in time presents where this company's like, hey, he's a good guy. Let's give him a shot. See if he wants this extra coding. I mean, Marty, that happens all the time. Yeah, um, I just because we sh could keep going yeah, doesn't we mean should. we should, right? You know, yep. uh, we literally couldn't. That's what we think is fun about when we can chop back and forth, throw out different ideas, throw different things in an episode. Um, this was fun. This was fun. Just because we can, yeah. and that'll be interesting. So people reach out, you know, connect with us. What are some things that you have come up with? Just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should. And this will be interesting to see what. Yeah, just because you can take it. your microphone home doesn't mean you should. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody's going to hear is that Marty sounds a little off right now because he took his microphone home and forgot to bring it back to the office. So, but anyway, man, I, I really uh, appreciate you making the time. We had to do this early. 
Uh, I've actually announced on Instagram for those still listening, and we we usually get almost all of our listeners to the end, surprisingly enough. And uh, I started sharing a little bit about the shop, uh, what we're doing there, and uh, you know we're going to take everybody on that journey a little bit with this new shop. So that's why we had to record early today, guys, and uh, you know hopefully we'll be recording from from our shop here real soon. Yeah, yeah, it'll be that'll be fun to see. Uh see all the story play out. So hyper clean, Nick, uh, go check it out. And, uh, yeah, when we start recording there, it'll be really cool. So. All right, bro. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye. Much for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, Hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that, you know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.